You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. Today we're going to talk about something that I find to be very difficult, and that is letting go. Ah, A lot of my clients find it very difficult too. Whether you call it letting go, as in letting go of a relationship, letting go of a dream, letting go of an expectation that your life is going to turn out a certain way, or whether you prefer the term non-attachment. Non-attachment is something that I learned about in my uh, yoga teacher training. And I know it's like, you know, a Buddhist concept and, and, and many other traditions have this concept as well, but it's, it's the non-attachment idea. And that means that you just live free and in the moment and that you don't attach to an outcome. So whether you like calling it letting go or whether you like calling it non-attachment, it doesn't really matter. For today's show, we're talking about all of that. All of that. Letting go. We're going to talk about why it is so hard to let go, what it really means to let go or to practice non-attachment. And we're also going to talk about the benefits, why It's something that you would even want to do. Because if you're anything like me and a lot of the women that I work with, why would we want to do something if it's hard, if there's not a benefit? (laughs) So that's what we're going to talk about and tackle today. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you too. Letting go is something that I do struggle with. So don't see me as the enlightened one, you know, who has it all together, who knows exactly perfectly how to let go. I want you to really see me as I am, as a human who is struggling to express emotion, to feel deeply, to stay connected in life, but to also have that ability to open her hands and let go so life can flow. <sighs> Let's start at the beginning here. Letting go. Letting go of a relationship. Wow. Even though there are many kinds of betrayal, and we'll move into some of those, let's talk about the big one because I think it's kind of the most obvious right up front. If you find out you've been betrayed, Suddenly, you're supposed to fall out of love with this person. You're supposed to let them go because they have committed this heinous, vile act against you. And if you're anything like I was, even though I was devastated and furious and didn't know where to turn, at the same time, 
I still felt love. I still felt connected to this person. Because how was I supposed to all of a sudden, on a dime, turn that all off and quit loving someone that I had loved for 28 years before that? That's a piece of the puzzle that I think a lot of people don't understand when they hear about our infidelity story and our infidelity journey. They think, well, somebody did this to you. You've got to hate them. And it's like, uh, yeah, they did it to me. And yes, there's a part of me that hates them for doing this. But I'm also still in love because I didn't know any different. And that untangling process takes so much time and work and thought. And people don't understand that unless they've been there. And I think what makes it even worse, when somebody dies unexpectedly, yes, you have to go through that process as well. You're going through the grief of loss. You're going through the letting go process. And the stages of grief are all about letting go. But in a lot of ways, when somebody dies, they're gone. And you know they're gone and there is no going back. Whereas when it's a betrayal situation, a door is still left open. You still have the opportunity to go back, to find some closure, to figure some things out. And it kind of messes with your mind and tricks with your brain because it's over, but it's not over. Your partner cheated. What does that mean? And I know in my own journey, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how to let go or if I was supposed to let go. And as you know, if you've been listening to me or following me for a while, my husband and I did end up back together. But part of the reason that we ended up back together was because of the way we both let go of so much with each other, with the relationship, with our own expectations. Okay, so what is letting go? I've used that term, what, 20 times so far? What does it mean to let go? Why I brought up the concept of non-attachment is to me, letting go truly does mean not attaching to the outcome. And I see it in terms of how non-attachment was taught to me in my yoga teacher training. And that is that you take responsibility for your actions, your deeds, your thoughts, your words. And you act in right action. You take right action or wrong action. <laughs> but hopefully you were aware, you were conscious, and you were taking proactive right action and that that's where it stops that you don't attach to the outcome of that action and oh boy (laughs) I do struggle with that 
about this example. If you have $100 and there is a homeless person sitting in front of you and they've got a child with them and a dog with them and your heart just goes out because to them because you know how hard it is and you know COVID and all these things that are going on and you give them this $100 and you're thinking this is going to change their life. You know, they might even be able to get a cheap hotel room for one night. They can go in off the street. They can have a shower. They could buy, you know, maybe just food for their child and food for their dog. And they could get some fresh new clothing. And you're having all of these beautiful thoughts about what they can do. You come back out after you've done your grocery shopping. And you're expecting to see this homeless person with their child and their dog better, in a better place, doing something useful and valuable with the money. And instead, what do you see? You see the homeless person sitting there with a pack of cigarettes and a fresh bottle of booze. And they're smoking and they're drinking. And the child and the dog are still cold and hungry. And they have used your $100, your hard-earned $100. And they've put it in booze and cigarettes. And they didn't take care of themselves or their dog or their kid at all. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Oh, for me, I kind of move into that righteous indignation. How, how dare you do that? Don't you know I work hard for my money? I know how to value things. I do the right thing. And how could you do this? Ugh, that is so disgusting. I'm just never going to give money to homeless people again. Because, ah, ah, ah. Non-attachment means your emotional impact stops the moment you give the money. That if you see that that person has used that money on cigarettes and booze, or if you see that that person has somehow invested that money and has created literally just based off that $100, a better life for themselves and their child and their dog, that it doesn't matter to you. That your heart is still smiling because you gave the $100 and you were not attached to the outcome of what happens to that $100. Is that hard for you? Oh my gosh, that's a really hard one for me. That's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, I want to give my money, but I only want to give it if it's going to be used well. I want to donate some of my items, but I only want to donate them to people who are really going to appreciate them and love them and take care of them the way that I would. I hope you're hearing the judgment in that. I hope you're hearing the judgment in that. It's kind of embarrassing to say, because think about how egocentric it is. I will give you my money, my clothing, my items, my home, my car, all of the things that I donate. And I hope you do the exact same thing I would with them. I hope you love them the way I would. I hope you care for them the way I would. I hope you make my same choices. I do. I mean, that's the, that's the insidious part of this whole letting go and non-attachment. I do. I, I do. I have a high opinion of myself and my things and how I take care of my things. And it's not that that's wrong, but it creates angst. 
It creates anxiety. It creates stress. And it makes me funky and weird in my giving. Because I only want to give if it's going to be worth it to give. I only want to give to those who are going to do something useful. And by useful, I mean useful according to Laura. Who am I to judge that in my hypothetical homeless person situation, that a bottle of booze and cigarettes isn't the best use of my money? Perhaps that person has such intense physical pain. Perhaps that person is suffering mentally or physically. And that the cigarette and the booze are the exact remedy to help that pain. Who am I to judge? And even if it's not, even if it is a complete waste, who is to judge waste? If I were living on the street with my child and my dog, maybe my mental state would be so broken down and so depressed that I would really welcome an escape into alcohol, that numbing out. Who am I to judge? That's that foundational reality of non-attachment that's really tough. So going back to betrayal, infidelity, betrayal. Oh boy, (laughs) who am I to judge? Well, there's a lot of things in our society that are considered good and bad. In fact, I've researched this, there is no society that considers cheating to be a virtue. None! As humans, we universally agree that cheating is bad. That adultery is bad. That betraying people, whether it's a financial betrayal or an emotional betrayal, is all bad. Yet, it happens across all cultures. So there is something in our human nature that causes us to take this action. Wrong action, bad action, that causes us to make horrible mistakes. And you know, the whole idea of let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Hmm, okay, we're, we're, we're all with sin. We've all made some pretty bad mistakes. But how do we not be impacted by the mistakes of others when those mistakes directly affect us? That's the relevant question. And that's where the magic of letting go happens. Okay, letting go. What is it? It's not attaching to the outcome. It's not letting yourself be rocked. And at the same time, it is also allowing yourself to feel fully. Now that's an interesting tension between those concepts, isn't it? Because if you think about letting go and non-attachment, it brings up the idea of not caring, of being indifferent. And moving through life numbed out and not caring and being totally indifferent 
sure, it's a way to go about life. Sure, there's a lot of letting go that happens to that. But in a way, there isn't letting go because you've never gripped something tight. You've never held on. And in order to let go and to move on, you first have to have held something. We all know a lot of people who just never connect. They just never connect with others. And that's not really what I'm talking about when I talk about letting go and non-attachment. Because like I said, if you've never held on, there's nothing to let go of. And I think we can all agree that we are happier and healthier and that life is a heck of a lot more fun when we're connected to ourselves, to others, when we are in that space of joy. So letting go is being able to release the attachment to the outcome, which really means release our expectations, which means we need to take a deep dive into life, into, I'm going to get my education and get this job. I'm going to work really hard in this career and I'm going to sacrifice my nights and weekends because they say I will be compensated at the end, that this is just a, you know, a trial period and I'm going to go for it. And then when we find out that our employer has betrayed us, when they refuse to compensate us financially for this huge project that they told us they would (laughs) compensate us financially, or worse, when they promote somebody else who didn't do the work ahead of you? How do we let the, that disappointment go? When we had an expectation that our spouse was going to be faithful to us, that our spouse was going to love us and cherish us and protect us and our families, That they were going to come with us and they were going to discuss when things were a problem for them so we could solve our issues together. And all of a sudden we learn they didn't. Our expectations were not met. We were the only party to the relationship doing what we both agreed we would be doing. What about the betrayal of ourselves? When all of a sudden we look in the mirror and we don't recognize the woman that we've become and we go, how did I let myself become this? How did I let myself go? How did I do this? What happened to the woman I used to be? It's an expectation that is not met. Growing up, none of us were little girls, little boys, thinking, ooh, one day I'm going to get, you know, cheated on by my partner. I'm going to lose out on my job. I'm going to invest in the stock market, and then it's going to crash right before before retirement. I'm going to get in a disfiguring car accident. I'm going to have a disease and have to lop off parts of my body. I'm going to, nobody thinks like that. We all expect the fairy tale. And I'm sorry to say it, but none of us get that fairy tale. And that's where the art of letting go really comes in. 
It's understanding what is an expectation. How is that expectation not met? How did that betrayal manifest? And then letting go of the proper pieces around that. Okay. I've talked a lot about our labels, our rules, and our scripts. And the script is the story in our head about the way things should be. That is what sets the expectations. We need a bit of a script in our head in order to move forward. That's normal. That's how we connect in life, in relationships with ourselves and with with each other. But when something goes wrong, what we have to let go of is the fact that it went wrong. It doesn't matter if it's in your control or if it's out of your control. It doesn't matter if you did everything right and it didn't turn out or if you did everything wrong and it did turn out. What matters is the action that you take. And I work on that a lot. I call it the untangling. And I work on that a lot with my one-on-one coaching clients is that sense of untangling. If you think about a ball, a ball of thread that you've put in a drawer and it's gotten all messed up. Think about red, blue, and yellow threads. The blue thread is you. The red thread is the people that you're in relationship with. The yellow thread is everybody else. It's hard to start separating. This is the story of my expectations that my parents told me, that my culture told me. This is my partner's story and this is my story. It's hard to start untangling whose is what. But that is the first step in letting go. It's realizing who you are, who they are, and what your culture is. And again, it's not judging it. But once you start realizing this is me and this is how I moved through and this is what I did, it becomes easier to start looking at your own actions. And then you can start looking at your own actions in terms of were you taking right action or wrong action? And I I, I hate even using the word wrong because... I am a firm believer that there is no right and that there is no wrong. It's all just perspective. So that's why I ask you to look in, reflect inward at your own perspective. We know when we're doing things to be a witch. We know when we're doing something out of envy or greed or fear or shame. We know that. And we know when we're acting from a place of higher good. So I am asking you to be brave enough to reflect on your own actions and to see and to claim and to own when you were doing something to be difficult and when you were really doing something in right action. And sometimes right action 
can create difficulties for others. This is not about pleasing people. This is not about people pleasing. This is about doing the hard thing, even when the hard thing is the difficult thing to do because it creates a lot of burden. This is your tough love. But the first step in letting go so life can flow is to untangle and look at what it is you are doing. Look at your own actions and the energy behind them. You can do a very difficult thing with positive energy and you can do a very good thing with negative energy. What matters is the energy behind it. And once you start getting a clearer handle on what kind of karma you're creating based on what kind of energy you were putting into things, the easier it will be to let go. Because that is the only point that matters. That is the place, once you look at your own energy, that you can throw up your hands, smile, breathe in, breathe out, and let it go. Because that is the only time that you truly have control. Whether it's with your kids, your partner, your boss, your coworkers, your employees, your parents, your friends, your family, it doesn't matter. Look at the energy behind your action. Make sure you're doing it for a good reason. Because I want to connect. Because I want to create good. Because I want to help. And the rest, that's what you let go of. That's what you let go of. You might know I do a lot of intuitive readings. And when I did my original training on honing my intuition, one of the things they talked about was when you have an amazing reading and you are spot on and the person in front of you is in tears because it is so perfect, that is not you. You can be happy, but that is not you. Don't pat yourself on the back. You didn't do anything good. And When you're having a horrible reading with somebody and you can't seem to get into their energy and the messages coming through just are blah and dark and you can't do it, don't beat up on yourself because that's not you either. Whether it's a good reading or a bad reading, as long as you approach the reading from a place of openness and trust and love with a willingness to serve, the information that comes through means nothing to you and it's not about you. They said the same thing when I went to school and got my associates in hypnotherapy. They said, some of your clients are going to have amazing responses to this. They're going to quit smoking. They're going to lose weight. They're going to be spiritually connected. They're going to make incredible changes and it's not you. And on the flip side, you're going to have clients that can never get into the state of hypnosis. That nothing's ever going to work for them. They're going to keep smoking and keep eating. And in fact, they might even be worse. And that's not you either. You are the vessel. You are the medium through which the work flows. And as long as you are coming with a humble heart from a place of service and gratitude 
and honesty. Whatever happens is on them. It's not on you. Now, I think that's a little bit easier to see in the work context, whether it's the intuitive reading or hypnosis or, you know, even a physician or a psychotherapist. And it's harder to see in our personal relationships, but it's nonetheless true. You can show up as the perfect wife, the perfect mom, the perfect spouse, the perfect partner, the perfect employee, the perfect daughter, the perfect friend. And everything can fall apart anyway. And that's where letting go comes in. It is a letting go of not beating yourself up. It's a letting go of not looking back and thinking, if only I would have done this. If only I would have known. The if onlys will kill you. They will zap your energy. They will tangle you back to the past. They will take all the work that you have done and they will trash it and it will loop loop you right back in to a place that you don't want to be. Whatever happens is not about you as long as you have shown up with an open heart in a place of trust, in a place of love, in a place of gratitude, as long as you have practiced that right action, whatever happens says nothing about you. Now, this all feels very headspace. This feels very spiritual. Oh, it's okay that my husband cheated on me. It's okay that I worked for six months and didn't get compensated. It's okay, blah, 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 blah. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's not okay. It is not okay. And when we come back for the second half of the show, that's what I want to talk about. I want to get out of this little spiritually happy place because we're not going to spiritually bypass the pain. And I want to talk about, okay, yay, we know what letting go is. I've just shown up as a pure, humble vessel willing to serve and I was pooped upon. When we come back, we're going to talk about all of that rage, all of that disappointment, and how we can let go and still let that energy and that anger flow because there's nothing more powerful than letting that righteous anger flow. And then we're going to conclude by wrapping up with the benefits. So stick with us. We are about to get real and we will be right back. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra, Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. And we are back talking about letting go and non-attachment. Okay, when we have our expectations and our hopes dashed, it creates a problem. It creates a lot of anger because we've based our whole life around a person or a thing or a situation, around this expectation. We had this whole script in our head and suddenly it didn't work out and this is not the life I signed up for. 
This is not the kind of marriage I thought we were going to have. And we're told we need to just let go. We need to just move on. And while we do, it's also really important to recognize when somebody is trying to make it too happy and too nice and too simple. Nobody can just say, oh, I moved on. I did right action and my heart was in the right place and I recognize that. It has nothing to do with me. It's all them and I'm fine because you're not. You are not. The first step and the reason I spent so much time on it in the first half of the show is it's really important to make that conscious cognitive realization that you did right action or you did wrong action, either one, and that this is the result and that your next step is to let go. Knowing what to do is truly half the battle. You're not supposed to ruminate. You're not supposed to get sucked into the past. You're not supposed to blame yourself. You're not supposed to tangle up. You're supposed to self-reflect, see where you did really well, own where you didn't do so well. That's okay too. Let it go. And then choose to let go. So once you have chosen to let go, that's what we're going to talk about from here. Once you've chosen it, now what? Well, there's a lot that needs to come up. There is a lot that needs to be managed before you can really let go in order to effectively let go. Now, this is going to sound really gross. <laughs> but we're going to talk about some bodily functions. We're going to talk about throwing up, purging. We're going to talk about diarrhea. We're going to talk about all of those bodily ways that we let go. What happens when you have this urge to throw up? How many of you are just like, yay, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to lean into this and I'm going to love this experience and I'm going to purge and I'm going to feel so much better afterwards and it's wonderful. Or where you have diarrhea or whatever. Nobody is excited by that. Nobody wants that. Everyone's like, oh no, uh-oh, I'm going to fight it. Let me take some Pepto-Bismol. Let me have some mint tea. Let me take, we all fight it. We all fight that urge to purge. We all fight that letting go because we all think it's icky. Because it is icky. And a lot of stuff comes up and a lot of stuff comes out. And it's not comfortable. And it's smelly and it's burny and it tastes bad. And it's ugly and it's embarrassing. And we don't want people to see it. Blah, 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 blah. And then what happens? (sighs) Such sweet relief. You feel so much better. The bad stuff is out of your system. And you can rest and you can sleep and you can heal. That is what letting go is all about. It's about moving into that ugly, the violence of the purging, the cramping, the ickiness, the shame The embarrassment. Who likes to be sick in front of somebody? Who wants to sit in the middle of a boardroom and puke into a trash can? Nobody. Who even wants their friends or family to watch them be sick? Pretty much nobody. It's that shame. Think about letting go of the pain of betrayal, of disappointment. 
as purging or as being sick to your stomach. It's icky to move through. And it might make you cry. And it might make you shake. And it might give you the chills. And it might knock you out for a while. And it might totally exhaust you. And in the end, you will be free to have peace and healing. If you've ingested something bad, it has to come out one way or the other. You can't keep layering stuff on top of it to make it better. You can't keep taking medicine to make it go away. At some point, it has to come out. And that's how it is with letting go and non-attachment. It's got to, you've got to let it go, which doesn't mean hide it within. It doesn't mean hide it in your head, in your emotional body, in your energetic body, or in your physical body. It means let it come out. How does it come out? Hmm. Rage. Crying, laughing. Laughing is very cathartic. That's why the L in flaunt is laugh out loud. Talking, singing, dancing, humming, creating angry art, journaling, digging, pounding, chopping wood. There are thousands of ways that it can come out for you. Busting up a mountain, swimming, working to the point of exhaustion on something. Rolling around on the floor. What feels good to you? A lot of people, when they are faced with trauma, they do throw up. There's no coincidence there. It's a buildup of energy and it's got to come out. Oftentimes letting go, people will get sick. Whether it's just a cold or a flu or a stomach thing, people will get sick because it's got to come out somewhere. Salt baths, showers, those are some gentle things. But for the most part, it needs to be ugly. And if you just know that the letting go needs to be ugly and painful, not necessarily painful, but uncomfortable, it becomes easier to take part in that dance because it is a dance. How can you let go? Right now, I'd like you to think about three things without even a lot of thought. Just that might feel good to let go. Running, swimming, biking, calling a friend, crying, screaming. How often do we not scream? As kids, we just put our heads back and we're like, ah, as we're running down mountains. How many times as a kid would you yell as you rode your bike or ran around on the playground? The vibration of sound in the throat, in the chakras, in the head is so powerful. Why don't we scream? Because we're embarrassed. People always say, scream into your pillow. Like, who really cares if somebody hears you? That's all part of this letting go. It's letting go of the shame. It's letting go of the perfection. It's letting go of the idea that we don't get hurt. It's letting go of the idea that we haven't had our expectations smashed. It's letting go of a society that has shoved a fairy tale existence down our throat and that we all think we're wrong or bad or broken when things don't turn out 
a certain way. When really what's broken is the system. Fairy tales aren't true. Happy endings aren't true. But what would it be like if we lived in a world where we raised our young to say, you will be disappointed. Your expectations will be smashed to the ground. You will be broken and shattered time and time again, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's going to happen. And guess what? It's going to be okay. You're going to ugly cry. You're going to want to die. And then you're going to move on. And it'll be really, really good. And then something's going to happen again. And guess what? Same thing, but you'll get through it. Maybe so many of our rage crimes, our hate crimes, would go away. Maybe mass shooting wouldn't be a thing if all of these people knew really tough things happen and it's okay. It's not because I'm bad or broken or awful. It's not going to stay this way. It's all impermanent. And I'm going to get through it because everybody before me has gotten through it. Everybody around me is getting through it. And my family to come, the kids that I haven't had yet, they're going to get through it. If we got rid of the idea that life was supposed to be perfect and that we weren't supposed to, you know, not have messy moments, I think it would help. So that's that why. Why are we doing it? Because we have to purge. We have to get it out. It has to come out somehow, some way. And then the last thing is the benefits. What are the benefits of that? I just like to say perspective. I've been talking about that a little bit right now, but it's, it's the perspective. The benefit is having a new perspective. The benefit is realizing, whoa, the worst thing in the world can happen to me and I will still go on. Whether it's a crime, a rape, an assault, a burglary, a disfiguring accident, a diagnosis, cheating, loss of somebody that we love, complete financial devastation. We will continue to go on. We will continue to go on. Now, we can plug ourselves up and never purge that pain. And then do you know what happens? Well, we start gaining weight physically. We start layering on levels of disease, disease, because we're holding so much in. We get digestive issues, we get headaches, we get body aches, because we're holding on to it. Let go, let go of that disappointment, let go of that rage, let it flow, let yourself scream and cry and sob and rage. You've all seen a toddler having a tantrum on the floor? Have a tantrum on the floor. Have a freaking tantrum on the floor and you will feel so good. Break things if you want to break things. I was at one retreat where they got dishes from um, thrift stores. And if people wanted to hammer and throw and smash the dishes, they could. I rage dance. Rage sing. Do what works for you, but you've got to let it out. If you don't let it out, you will get sick physically, emotionally, spiritually. Last week I did a show, or two weeks ago, on feeling betrayed by God. 
Feeling betrayed by God is an emotion that you've got to get out if you want to stay healthy and happy and connected. To have that new perspective that it's going to happen and it's going to happen again and again and again, that's another thing that I hear all the time. How can I trust myself to pick a new partner, to get into a new relationship? I don't trust myself. Oh my God, what if it happens again? Can I tell you how many people have said to me with my husband, ooh, once a cheater, always a cheater. You're setting yourself up. What if it happens again? Wow. What if you pick the wrong partner? What if he cheats again? What if somebody you love dies? What if the stock market crashes again? What if we have a world pandemic? What if this pandemic never goes away? There's a lot of what ifs out there. What if you get paralyzed? What if you get cancer? What if, what if, what if? We can't live in fear of the what if. We need to anchor in to the knowledge that whatever happens, we can deal with. We can let go of our expectations time and time and time again. We can fall in love and have an expectation and have it be lost. And we can move it through us and purge. And then we can learn and step into the next thing. And then something good will happen and something bad will happen. And whenever the bad things happen, we can let it go. And we don't need to keep it in our energy body, in our physical body. We don't need to create sickness and disease and resentment and anger and rage. It's that perspective that we're supposed to let go. It's that perspective that no matter what happens, We make ourselves happy because we make ourselves happy. Things don't make ourselves happy. People don't make us happy. Situations don't make us happy. Of course, if you're running around at Disneyland, you might be really, really happy. But it's not that you need that to make you happy. It's such a radical, radical stepping in to yourself. That you can be happy no matter what, no matter who, no matter where. It's that non-attachment and non-dependence on things. Oh my gosh, in the U.S. especially, we are so into this radical independence. I'm tough and I'm a fighter and I'm me. Let's really step into what that means. Let's really strip that one back. That means I am happy in a democracy, in a republic, in a communist regime. That means I am happy whether we're socialist or capitalist. Strip that one way back. I am happy because I am me. And no matter what form of government I'm living in, no matter what planet I'm on, no matter what country I'm in, no matter what kind of a relationship I have or don't have, no matter how many kids I have or don't have, no matter how much money I have or don't have, I still make me happy. That's the ultimate non-attachment and letting go. Accepting the good when it flows, accepting the bad when it flows, and not trying to hang on to that one moment when things were perfect, that one moment when I was at the right weight and my hair looked amazing, And my boyfriend adored me and I had the world at my feet. You got to let go of that moment. You've got to let go of the good and the bad. 
because life is a flow. There is nothing static about life. That's what letting go is all about. Why do we do it so we can keep moving into that next moment and the next and the next? Because if we stop, we die. The benefit is that new perspective of health, of joy, of happiness, of knowing that it's only you. It's allowing yourself to go deep and to hold on and to love so fully. And to create these beautiful plans in your head. And to build empires. And then be okay when the empires fall and the beauty fades. And the love isn't what you thought it was. And it's allowing yourself that space to grieve and to cry and to mourn. And to know that what connects all of humanity across all the world is disappointment. Disappointment. Having their expectations crushed. That is the common denominator. That is humanity. And that is what makes us one with humanity. We've all been hurt. We've all had to let go of people, of places, of things before we were ready. And we've all survived. And we'll have to do it again. And if we're lucky again and again and again and again. And that's okay. And that's the beauty of life. I don't know if you've ever seen the, I think it's Buddhist, um, mandalas that they make out of sand. They spend hours and days, months, weeks, creating these incredible mandalas in sand. And as soon as it's done, they blow it all away. That is letting go. That is non-attachment. The joy is in the work. The joy is in the process. The joy was in thinking about this beautiful relationship and life together you are going to create with your partner. The joy was in doing the project at work and learning and creating and building. The joy is in the giving of the $100 to the homeless person. The joy is in the action. The outcome is not in your control. And the outcome doesn't matter. Enjoy it while you have it. And let go. And be sure to grieve. Be sure to grieve. (sighs) I hope you feel at least a little bit emotionally wrung out. Because I know this has been a lot. And it is such a different story. It's such a different narrative. Because truly the narrative is, you know, Cinderella, so good and kind and gets rewarded in the end. You know, Snow White, someday my prince will come. And all of the movies, all of the books, all of the literature in our world. Well, there are some with non-happy endings, but 
they all focus on if you do right, you'll get right. If you do good, you'll receive good. And what's missing from those stories is it does matter to do right. It does matter to do good. But the outcome is not dependent always on your actions. Bad things happen to good people and that's okay. That's not wrong. That's life. And that's actually what makes it beautiful. So change the narrative. Let go. Grieve. And allow yourself to be with what is instead of what you thought should be. I do guarantee your physical health will improve. Your mental health will improve. Your emotional and your spiritual connection will improve. As usual, I always welcome thoughts, comments, feedback. And whatever you're struggling with, be sure to go to www.nakedselfworth.com and download a copy of my Sparkle After Betrayal Recovery Guide. Because that guide's going to help you with all of this. It's going to help you untangle. It's going to help you let go. And it's going to help you move in to the next chapter of your life. In such a glorious, <laughs> sparkly way. With an entirely new and beautiful perspective nakedselfworth.com. Get your free guide right now today. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 